Hello and welcome to our second Loving Your Garden Live of 2022. <laughs> Firstly, let me extend a very warm welcome to our 200 or so new members uh, since New Year's Day. I, I did think things would pick up quite quickly after the festive break, but I didn't expect quite such a rush to join our lovely group. But welcome. Uh, it's lovely to have you with us. And so every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Mm. UK time, we are joined by gardening guru, John Sterling. <laughs> and here he is now. Hello, John. Hello, Rod. Hello, everybody. Lovely John to be here. I had a lovely day in the garden yesterday. No rain. So moving plants around and change the lawn a little bit that I wanted to do. So it was great to get out there. It really was. Yeah, I had a good day today. I was um, busy um, pruning down. You wouldn't have approved, John, because I was busy pruning some uh, caryopteris. I've got some pretty large bushes which needed really cutting back, and I did yeah. it with the old hedge trimmer. I know you'll oh. be... I know, I knew you'd pull that face. <laughs> oh. But I was I did it lovingly, John. I did, oh, did you? I, I shaped it. I didn't just go straight across the top oh, like oh, a, so a long number as you, one. I know, so long as you haven't got although some people might like it, a got one of these gardens where everything is the ball shaped. Uh, well, yeah, well it is a bit. Oh. It's sort of, not not completely. I mean it's 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 a decent shape and yes. uh, and I've, I've cut them well back and I also did the uh, wagelia as well. Got that uh, nice and uh, pruned right back. Well, the thing is, Rod, it is it is a pretty good idea. I'd have probably left it just a little bit longer because you never know what we're going to get. Mm. But at least now you've cut it back, so dormant buds will be starting to, you know, just get gently get going, so that yeah. as soon as it warms up, you'll get some nice new growth. So it's, Lovely. rather than doing it in March and then you have to wait till May for those buds to develop and um yeah. it's you get later growth so yeah i'll let you off thank you now john <laughs> is a hugely experienced horticulturist 50 years at the rhs he's a walking encyclopedia on matters gardening uh, so this week we're unraveling the mystique around compost <laughs> it used yeah. to be dead simple didn't it but there are whole sections now of the garden center turned over to scores of different kinds of compost why so many do we need them what's the difference between john in his number one and john in his number three also in this session we're going to look at sowing alpines and uh, and also propagating uh, it sounds awfully complicated and technical but it really isn't and john will demystify all of this for us as well as answering your questions on anything really that's uh, that's bothering you uh, in your garden so uh, right john you're off the leash <laughs> well well with all, all compost you know different companies think i'm going to make compost so so it gives you competition and years ago Basically, it was John Innes. It was developed at the John Innes Institute, but John Innes himself never saw his compost. He died before John Innes was developed. But John Innes was a brilliant uh, compost because it was made of seven parts sterilized soil, three parts peat, and two parts grit. Fertilizer was added. Normally, it was bone meal, superphosphate, and sulfate of potash. And then what we did to counteract the acidity of the peat, they actually put a little bit of um, chalk in there and mix it up. And it made a wonderful, wonderful compost. And 
basically when I did my apprenticeship, that is all we used. We used to fill about 30,000 five-inch pots a year and about 75,000 three-and-a-half-inch pots, and um, that's, that's what we used. Really, Johnny and his were supposed to be made out of stacked turf. Well, you can't keep doing that. You can't stack turf for six months and then sterilize it. It would have been too much. So the University of California developed the UC compost, the the ones that you see in garden centers now, really, the uh, multipurpose compost. That was developed uh, with peat. And now a lot of them have gone on to peat-free. One of my favorites is clover compost it is actually peat based and there's another one that's very popular called jack's magic but there are others new horizon which is peat free and there's one even now that is based on wool so it's really wonderful and just while i'm talking about compost as well rod not when we're sowing but when we're um when we're actually growing on when we've pricked the plants on prick them off and growing them in pots or uh, trays and things like that, I always add slow-release fertilizer. Basically, the stuff you get from garden centers will feed your plants for about six months. So if you look at March, if you're feeding them right the way through to October, still give them a little bit of liquid fertilizer when I'm when I've got them growing as well. But I always put this in and I recommend it to all the members if they're potting. You know, sometimes they'll say, oh, my plants aren't growing. But with a with a compost, you get what you pay for. And the nutrients in a compost are extremely expensive when you, you, you know, now, you know, without um, a lot of them come from burning coal and things like that. A lot of things that uh, fertilizers came from there. And now we're not doing that so we've not got the fertilizer and the expense has gone up as well so but it's still worth it pay for a good compost and well and then the other thing is you've got you've got the different um uses for for, for the compost oh, so you've got you've got your uh, seed compost you've got your ericaceous compost for yes. your acid loving plants yes there's a lot to choose from there is a lot to choose from and I'd always use um, ericaceous compost for anything like that, you know, for your acid-loving loving plants, particularly if they're growing in, in containers. You need an ericaceous compost. I don't use a seed-sowing compost. I just use a potting compost. The universal compost can be used for everything, but what I will do, if, depending on what I'm, um, what I'm sowing, I will sometimes I'll riddle it if I need it a bit finer, Sometimes when you're sowing very, very fine seeds, when you think about it, if your compost is coarse, the seeds can drop through and it's like them dropping into a great big crevasse. You know, they're right down a long way down in the compost and they very often don't um, germinate. And with normally with very fine seeds as well, we normally grow it on the surface so we don't cover it. Anything else we want to say about compost? Well, I mean, there are... There are others specific. If you're growing, um, I mean, we, we are going to mention alpines and things like that, but mm. you can often adjust a compost. Um, if you want growing alpines, put more, a lot more grit in. Particularly, you can get special grits for, for growing alpines or very, very coarse 
horticultural sand you can use as well, but never use builder's sand because it's got lime and stuff like that in. That's why you sometimes get white on the bricks when they dry off. Oh, that's useful to know. That is useful to know. Yeah, don't use that. Yeah, it's not pure enough builder's sand. Right. Can we just talk a little bit about something that we ought to be thinking about this time of year, sowing alpine plants? Yeah, I mean, if I'm sowing alpines, I grow the, I sow them very, very similar to what, what I grow, uh, sow anything else. But usually I keep them a little bit cooler. Well, that's what we always used to do. But as I've mentioned, extra grit into the compost. And a lot of alpines normally need stratifying before you when you sow them you can either sow them and stratify them in other words we sow them now and perhaps put a piece of wire or something over to keep mice out and then pop them outside so they can get frozen and then they can get uh, warmer and then they freeze again and that stratifies it breaks down the coating on the outside and it makes them germinate a lot better so um or you can put them in some moist um, horticultural sand stick them in the fridge bring them out the fridge put them back in the fridge and um that stratifies them as well and then you can so <laughs> then you can sow them i'm but, not sure that i'd be very popular sharing my alpines with the yogurts oh and, when you well, i've had also i've had all sorts in my in my, in my fridge okay so that that's uh, another um topical job to be done uh, around about this time of year particularly with the cold weather and and rod, rod with a lot of these things um if you grow if you're sowing herbaceous perennials and things like that sow them very early and then when we get to the other end of the year the plants have matured enough they've had long enough to mature so you can select so they'll flower in the first year perennials will flower in the first year so long as you sow them now basically and then you can select the best colors and throw the rest away although i know what amateurs are like you save everything even the wishy-washy colours, because um, you don't want to throw in anything away. It's lovely doing that. So, uh, you know, growing different, sowing different seeds. Let's talk about propagating now, because, again, it's a good time of year to be thinking about that as well. Mm, absolutely. And the thing is, with, with propagating at this time of year, it's quite easy to get yourself one of these little trays, propagators, and put it in the kitchen window, and you sow your seeds, and they come up, and you think, oh, dear, now where do I put them? And that is what you've got to think about. You've got to think about the whole job. And if you're sowing now, and they come up in a couple of weeks, they're going to need lights. They're going to need fluorescent tubes, or you can get grow tubes. Different plants like different colored lights, some like blue, some like the red colors of the spectrum. But to get everything, all the colors, um, you need fluorescent because that's got all the colors of the uh, spectrum in. And it, it, do, it does for most plants. Try and keep leave your sowing as late as possible into February. I know people 
I mean, tomatoes are a classic. You want to get them in early because sometimes you get to uh, July and you're thinking, when am I going to be picking the first tomato? And, you know, you get almost through summer and you suddenly start <laughs> start picking your first tomatoes and summer's over and you've, uh, you've missed the salad season. So if you're really into propagating, is to try and get yourself some somewhere where you can put your plants I've done it with just a bedside lamp. You know, you've got a little pot of seedlings and you want to give them that little bit of light. So I've even put them under there because even that is better than no light at all. And I should say that most plants need about 16 hours of daylight to really get a good quality plant. Definitely. You need consistency. Basically, you want all your seedlings to come up together. So if you fill a pot, you've got to try and make sure that all the compost is even. If you've got one side of the pot where the compost is firmer than the other side, then you are going to, um, they're going to come up differently. And you want to be able to get all those pricked off uh, straight away. Normally, when we sow seeds, we give them that little bit extra heat, you know, over 55 to 65. And then after that, once we prick them off, we bring them down, the temperature comes down that little bit. But always remember, folks, you've got to have the room to put them in once they've come up. That's yeah. one of the most important things that you're thinking, oh, what am I going to do with these? And of course, as I say, in winter at this time of year, with only a nine hours light, they're going to get really drawn. If so you, you need that fluorescent light. light. Yeah, yes. you need that yeah. fluorescent light. I mean, light. Some, some nurseries have growth rooms. They never see the light of day. Um, so, so once you've propagated your plants, you've got to have somewhere to protect them. Yes. So greenhouse, cold box, whatever it might be. Yes, and don't forget that right into April, we can get some serious frost. Oh, gosh. And, <clears throat> and May, yeah. yeah yes, yeah, yeah. actually into May, yeah. I mean, yeah. for uh, the Midlands and this area, our yeah. our time for putting bedding and things out is the beginning of yeah. June. Yeah, the, absolutely. The traditional time, but yeah. it has come forward that little bit, but you can very often get caught out, Rod. You really can. Just say hello to Susan Waterfall, who's watching, and uh, Christine Grantham as well has joined Loving Your Garden Live oh, as lovely. well, listening in. And nice to have you with us. Right. Uh, okay, let's get to some questions then. So let's go to Jan Bingley, her question. Uh, I like this. This is like a Dear John letter, she says. Dear John. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I've been growing all kinds of veg for over 40 years, but have you any advice on cauliflower? I fail every time. I've tried. No success here. I get green leaves but none of those lovely white cauliflower heads. Right. Um, one of the biggest problems with brassicas, most of them, we're looking for leaf. You know, with the Brussels sprouts, we're looking for those little sprouts all the way up the stem. In a cabbage, we're looking for leaf. It's basically a massive great ball of leaf. A cauliflower is totally different. It's a, a flower bud. That's what that white thing is. It's a flower bud. So it's not nitrogen that they need. Yes, they do need some nitrogen to get going. And when I used to grow cauliflowers, I used, I used to use a bit of grow more or something like that to, to get them going. But a little bit later on, we don't need nitrogen. We need phosphate and potash. Now, with cabbages, we give them an extra nitrogen to get that leaf. But with cauliflowers, we don't. We need 
phosphate and potash. So um, I think if you did that, make sure they're nice and firm as well. You should get a lot better results, Jan. But again, it's feeding. A lot of gardeners, we tend to want something, you know, for, for, for nothing in a way. And we'll go and get cow muck and all this sort of thing and dig that in and think we're, you know, we're feeding. But well-rotted farm manure hasn't really got any feed in it. It's improving your soil. It'll help hold those nut, those nutrients that you throw on when you start sowing and planting. So it makes it available to the um, plants as their roots develop. And one of the most important things about vegetables is a nice, steady procession to harvest, really. They don't want checks and things like that. So if you can make sure they're well watered as well through the summer, then you should get a lot better results okay sue credland i've got carrots with root flies should i bin them or will they be okay on the compost heap oh well the thing is with compost heaps uh, very often garden compost heaps don't get hot enough to kill things i would probably bin them or you could cut them up and i don't know give actually i cut a carrot up last night and put it out the front for the muntjac deer who come into the front garden and pinch apples and things like that so if it was either compost them or throw them i think i'd um i'd throw them sue there's quite a few varieties now that are fly resistant not totally, but they are. Fly Away was one of the first. I remember it very, very well, and I tried it, and it did It did actually work. Yeah, so look for the new varieties that are, are, are more fly-resistant. Hopefully, in the future, the plant breeders are going to help the gardener out a lot by produce, you know, getting things that are resistant. But most important is you grow them properly as well. Okay, on to Prabjit July. If we don't make our own compost, is there a recommendation of a good all-rounder for pots and baskets? Well, again, as I've mentioned, Rod, a lot of them, you get what you pay for. You know, if somebody's giving you really cheap compost, like I say, I still like my clover, even though it's a, a peat-based one, but I'm quite happy to um, to use any compost, really, but that goes in it. Slow-release fertilizer, one of the most important things. Make sure you put slow-release fertilizer because I don't believe that any amateur compost has got enough fertilizer in to keep your plants going for a long time. Is there and, any point? Is there any point in putting that sort of fertilizer in at this time of year when it's when the soil is very cold? Normally, it works over ten degrees. Mm. I don't put I don't put it in. What I'll do for me winter pansies and things like that i use my summer compost just check it to make sure there's no vine weevil grubs in it and if there's no vine weevil grubs in it i mix a bit of phosphogen in with it plant into that and that keeps them going no point in putting slow release fertilizer really in for winter stuff no. um it it doesn't release That's the other most important thing as well rod with um the peat compost as I mentioned, John Innes, we used to ram it in when we were planting chrysanthemums. You used to ram it with a stick. This must be kept nice and loose. And the last thing you want when it's in a pot is for to be wet through. Air is just as important round roots in a compost uh, as water is. So keep it nice and loose. Never over firm. 
one of the biggest problems where people really, really push it, firm it down with the fingers and then add a bit more and firm that down and then water it and it's just one soggy mess and the roots have got to get in that you want it feeling like a duvet to them so they just get the roots out into it okay any particular tasks uh, that we haven't mentioned that we might be thinking about over the next week or so well i yesterday rod i had a fantastic day in the garden I, I don't know whether i've told everybody moving plants around um, yep. The soil was right. Last year, they just went in and we knew that, oh, no, that needs putting elsewhere and that needs putting elsewhere. So we took photographs. So I know because you always you always think, no, I know where that's got to come out from there and it's got to go in there. And then you, when, when, the, when they've all died down, you think, oh, what, what, was it that one or that one? I can't remember now. So, yeah, all that's been done and I've been doing – a little bits of adjustment on the lawn, particularly while it wasn't frosty. And then yep. the wonderful thing is I laid the turf back down again. And then last night it rained, which is wonderful. It's not settled it in beautifully as well. Cheap Always weeding. Keep, yes, keep check for perennial weeds, get them out because as soon as they go perennial, you can easily perennial weeds, you just hoe them off. But as soon as they go through that, to put being perennial then you can hoe them and they come back again yeah. you know and it's um it can be quite difficult i just want to go back to sowing again because if you're sowing cyclamen i love cyclamen coom they're flowering now in the garden beautifully it's absolutely lovely and if you sow cyclamen soak them for 24 hours because they've got a, a chemical on the outside that stops them germinating and if you soak them, it soaks that off, and then you can sow them, and they will co they'll come up. But just sowing them and then watering the compost doesn't get rid of that chemical. So um, it's a good thing to do. Okay. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks to John Sterling for his uh, wealth of knowledge, as ever. Uh, if you have a question you'd like to put to, for John for next week, uh, you can email me, rod at rodwritingcommunications.co.uk. That's a right mouthful, uh, but it is on the <laughs> Facebook site if you need it. Uh, or better still, uh, this is probably easier, join our Facebook group, Loving Your Garden. It's dead easy. Yeah. Uh, just look us up. Be inspired by the wonderful members we have who are very generous with their time, their praise and their advice and the, uh, their inspiration. Have a great week's gardening. Thanks very much, John. Have a great week. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.